1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Classes in session, please be seated. Ooh. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle, cause it will get you heated. Ooh. Listen to Amanda, cause she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out Ooh. to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ooh. oh, oh.
2: Hello, and welcome to Parenting with a Punch Show. I am your host. Amanda Founder of Parenting with a Punch. Visit my website, parentingwithapunch.com. Your parenting strategist and designer nanny. Special offer right now. Check it out. We have a very special guest today from New York, Sean Grover, licensed social worker, psychotherapist, speaker, and author with over 25 years' experience working with adults and children. He maintains one of the largest group therapy practices in the U.S. and leads over 300 groups a year in his practice. He's been featured in The Economist, Wall Street Journal, Newsweek, New York Magazine, The New York Times, and he's also an author of When Kids Call the Shots, How to Seize Control from a Darling Bully and Enjoy Being a Parent Again. Please give Sean Grover a warm welcome. Hello, Sean.
3: Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm just, uh, I'm a big fan of yours. You know, I just discovered you had a parenting sex theory. I
2: is did. Yes. Who
3: uh, who does that? I think <laughs> I've done this a long time. And I, I was uh, looking through your site and I thought, oh my goodness, a parenting sex theory. That yes. is really <laughs> exciting.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I, um... One of the common themes that I see in working, you know, with the families when, you know, so intimately in the home is, you know, I hear a lot, you know, with the parents not communicating right, they're not on the same page. A lot of times it's, you know, they, they're they're not vibing as a couple and, you know, sex plays a huge role, right? So I decided, you know, it's time that we start talking about it and uh, brought on a bunch of different specialists and yeah, I had a whole sex series and it was a huge hit. It's definitely probably one of the most um, viewed podcasts to date.
3: <laughs> well, it, it's definitely, it's not talked about enough. And I'm, when I saw it there, it just sort of jumped off the page of me. And I, I, I'm giving you a psychic pound right now <laughs> to uh, go, go ahead and do more of that. Because, you know, Thank and you. I know people bring their kids to our offices and uh, their, their marriage or their relationship is in such a state of neglect, you can't even begin to help the child. So you get them on their feet. So, um,
2: absolutely. Yep. This is so glad you're doing that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that, um, you know, I, I can't work like directly with, but when I'm able to get the parents to be on the same page and when the children are, you know, emulating the behaviors and they're experiencing anxiety and sort of just like working together as a team, you know, hopefully that will bring some of that connectedness back. And then of course I always recommend, you know reaching outside for, you know, other support, um, whether it not be a marriage therapist or counseling or whatever that looks like for the family, right?
3: So. Mm. Well, I think, you know, this parenting with a punch, you really do hit the things right on the head. A lot of counselors or therapists are very vague and uh, good listeners, but they don't really give direction well. And one thing I've noticed about the way you work is you really let people know, exactly what they need to do and i think that's a great relief for a lot of parents
2: thank you yes i i, I agree I, I think being straightforward you know there, there's really no time for sugarcoating when it comes to parenting which i'm sure you can very much agree um oh yeah <laughs> so i'd love to so you just recently wrote um an article in psychology today where you are where, where you're featured regularly correct you have like over two million hits i think it is
3: Yes, uh, two million reads, and uh, uh, I I put two or three articles up a month. It's, it's it's a lot of fun. I like writing for them.
2: That's awesome. Very cool. So one of the recent ones that you did was um the top ten top ten uh, do nots, I guess, in parenting. <laughs> yes, uh,
3: yes, the yes the blunders, screw up, flip up, lapses, everything that parents do. We all do. I mean, no one, right. no one's really an expert at this. It's a learn as you go. Yep. Uh, occupation. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be fun to do the greatest hits of parenting screw ups, which of course I have done all of them multiple <laughs> times, which I yes. think, I think in a funny way, makes me an expert on screwing up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, the, but the article is a lot of fun to, and I'm getting a lot of people, uh, you know contacting me and we're having some interesting conversations it's just great that parenting is finally getting the attention it deserves and we're taking it seriously i think for too long parenting was just like something you checked off on your list uh but now we're really recognizing that well, my goodness creating yeah. a, a new life bringing a new life into this world and how we raise them i think uh-huh. that deserves attention
2: I, I seriously could not agree. I I more it's I when we were growing up, you know, and especially in so I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 81 and you know
3: 81?
2: Yes, oh my 81. God. <laughs> oh. I'm 36.
3: <laughs> oh um, lord.
2: But you I just it's just it's it's breaking old school cycles of parenting and I just, you know, the way the way I was parented and you know i'm sure the way my parents were parented um it just the 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 shit that that you know that went on just doesn't fly anymore and it's just you know there's more and more research as far as like the social emotional development and emotional intelligence and just the the psyche and how children you know hold on to things um and it just you know like the smallest thing can be traumatic for a child um
3: that's right And parenting is basically a management job, right? I mean, you're managing your own little tribe, and how you manage them really determines, you know, how they'll emerge from that experience. You know, when I wrote my book about uh, bullied parents, I thought I was writing about this very isolated group that I was seeing in Manhattan of kids coming in and cursing at their parents, yelling at their parents. I mean, unbelievable behavior. Uh, And once the book was published, you know, I I didn't have a lot of... uh, I I thought, you know, it would would appeal to a certain kind of parent and a certain kind of place. Mm -hmm. But so far, it's been translated into three different languages, Chinese, Russian, Korean. So obviously, this idea of a child bullying their parent is much bigger than I had thought when I originally started out writing the book.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I see it at. And, and that those are, of course, like some of the older ages, right? What, what's the what's the youngest child that you that you work with in the
3: office? Well, in the old days, I started out in the same range uh, with you. I was working with a preschool and elementary, okay. and then as the years got on and I got older, and I didn't like getting up and down off the floor.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh,
3: playing playing with toys and Connect Four and, yep. and Jenga, or whatever. Um, I've started focusing on teenagers and young adults and college students. But I, that idea of a, the, the seeds for a child that misbehaves or pushes around their parents uh, really start very, very young. Uh, so if, if, if we can catch them, I'm always thrilled when I'm invited to do a workshop at an elementary school because I'm saying, you know, this, this this is the scene of the crime. This is what you're doing today is going to echo the next 10 or 15 years. So um, catching it early is the best, best way, you know, prevention is a lot easier than uh, undoing bad habits.
2: Oh, it, it's so true. And you, you literally read my mind because one of, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was your thoughts as far as, you know, catching it early, especially with my focusing on the, the preschool um, years, like mm-hmm. ages three to five. I mean, I do work with a little bit older, um, but I'm really trying to niche down as much as I can because I know how important those early years on. And it just, it never seems to amaze me in hearing, you know, the way children talk to their parents and, and parents just, you know, automatically, I think they, they resort to the yelling, right. Or the screaming or don't do that, stop that. Or it, it's, it, and it just ends up becoming this like very unhealthy like communication cycle.
3: Yes, and well, you know, t- children are always testing parents.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
3: not changed. I mean, right. Mother Nature puts parents. <laughs> parents and the children are on a collision course. Yes. Uh, you know, and a parent just becomes this sort of no factory. No, don't do that. No, don't do this. No, don't. and once we we. You know, apparently, no one likes. Even a small child doesn't want to be controlled. So, they do rebel. And actually, you want your kid to be a little defiant. You want your kid to have a voice to push back a little. That's actually a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. But, like you said, if we push back louder and use our size and and dominate them, then uh, we're going to have all sorts of behavior problems that are going to erupt down the line because kids will get bigger and begin to mirror your behavior. So if you're bullying, they bully. If you're yelling, they're yelling. If you're using abusive language, they use abusive language. And one, one thing I witnessed uh, after doing this for nearly 25 years, I get these children who come back as adults to visit me. And I remember this uh, young man I saw uh, when he was about 12 and he was always uh, just awful to his mother, just, oh my gosh, I was exhausting myself. By 12, 13, 14, 16, 17, by mid, late teens, these habits can become so ingrained. It's so challenging to undo them. Mm -hmm. I did the best I could. Mm -hmm. And years later, he came back to me, married, with his own kid, and he came in for a consultation to talk with his wife because they're having some problems. And guess what he was doing? He was... Talking to his his wife in the ways that he was talking to his mother, he was abusive. He was yelling. He was putting her down. So that you know, fifteen years later, that uh, those behaviors that were allowed to fester and take root, he takes now into all relationships, especially with women.
2: I that that is. I, I am so glad that we hit that that nail because. It, I, people don't comprehend the, the significance of like how, you know, how much is ingrained and in like what the behaviors are that you are emulating from a very young age and how it plays a role into your adult relationships. It's just, it it never, well, never seems to amaze me. It honestly does not. <laughs>
3: well, this is, the, this is the first relationship you know in the world. Right is your your parents or your relationship to your parent. Right. So that is that's ground zero. That's where we begin to really uh, foster these habits, and if they're going to be healthy or not healthy, that's really up to the parent. You know, parents are always uh, complaining to me about maybe siblings fighting or uh, (laughs) they don't get along, and I say, "Well, this is just the way it is," and I'll say, "Actually, no. This siblings that don't get along—that's a parenting fail," and I'll go through a list of parenting fails, but it seems to be our nature to want to see something as separate from us. It's something ingrained. I have nothing to do with that. Right. Doing the best they can. Uh, But, but really looking at our own behaviors, our own forms of communicating, how we uh, relate to our partner. uh, These are the things that the child are going to absorb much more than what we tell them to do.
2: Right. Yeah. It's all about the modeling, right. And the communication where it really stems from like the relationship the the parent relationship, right?
3: Absolutely. Uh, and if you remember when you're a kid, when you went over a friend's house, how different uh, the experience mm-hmm. may have been from yours, because every family, whether they are conscious of it or not, is creating a culture within their household. Mm-hmm. Do they eat dinner together? Do, are they f- affectionate with each other or do they yell at each? I remember, I, uh, I was in college. I was dating a girl, and um, I guess I should say woman. Uh, <laughs> and and I went over to her house, and and they were lovely people, but for some reason, they were free to curse at each other. I mean, curse! Mm-hmm. Oh, I, and I'm I'm not. I don't think I'm conservative or uptight. But telling, uh, screaming at your mother, dropping the f bomb, and uh, but this was the culture of her family.
2: Yeah it's uh <laughs> i can I can relate all too well <laughs> it's uh it really you know I hear it from my mother will ask me all the times, but you know they they see I think my parents still kind of have a little less understanding of or really like the um magnitude of the work that I'm doing in the home with families and you know, my mother will will ask me quite frequently, like, oh, did we screw up? Like, what did we do wrong? And I honestly just redirect it. (laughs) I'm just like, you know what? Like, (laughs) I can't mom, you know, that you, you did your best, you do what you had to do. And (laughs) I, you know, to, to sit there and like tell her everything that she did wrong in terms of, you know, the things that children really emulate from from their parents is just, I can't reiterate it anymore. And that's why I think it's yeah. so important to nip it in the bud so early because as we know, right, the the divorce rate is like 50% and even less than that are actually happy of, of the rest that are even still married.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the stats are really shocking on that on that stuff right now.
2: And, you know, as far as just you know again the communication piece um which then comes right back to the the whole sex piece as well in their relationships um if if they don't have that that healthy communication with each other uh it, they're going to end up emulating it for their children and then it then it just ends up being basically a complete shit show at home like i had a parent just recently say to me that um she really can't enjoy her child because her child is constantly throwing tantrums and testing the boundaries. And she had even admitted that she's going off of like her own parenting, uh, sorry. Yeah. Her own parenting styles from how she was raised. And it's been, they're like stuck in this negative cycle.
3: That's right. And it's really hard. Uh, It's amazing to me. So I can't think of anyone I know who goes into the home, uh, to meet with parents but you know the early uh child therapists all did that i remember reading an article with eric Erickson, yep. who uh was one of the pioneers in that in in this this particular you know working with families and children mm-hmm. and they asked him what's what what is the first thing you do when you're assessing a child and he said well i always like to have dinner in their home with them <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Who does that now? that no one leaves their office, uh, you know. So you're doing that is really, to me, like a, a renaissance of early child child development and child work. It's 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 the express lane. If you really want to see a family, you're, you them many all. times <laughs> that's when parents present what they present in your office or in my office isn't so accurate. Uh, but you can't hide at home if you they're going to slip into those habits right in front of you so hats hats off to you Amanda for doing
2: that (laughs) thank you I appreciate that yeah it's it's when I first started doing it um you know because I was so I worked I'm sure you know um what see it's a special education itinerant teacher in New York Mm. have you heard of the title Have you heard of the title special education itinerant teacher in the preschool years, ages three to five, That get uh, through the state?
3: No, but the, I, it sounds, it sounds familiar, but I, I don't know yeah. what they, they call that in New York. That's the name yeah, of Yeah. That's in
2: New York. Yeah. So that was the work that I was doing in New York and that's sort of how I started that in about Oh nine. And that's sort of how, so some of the families that I worked with pushing into the private preschools would hire me to work with them at the home as well, because of course, if their children are having behaviors in the preschool environment, then most likely they're going to be struggling at home. Um, And that's Mm kind of how I started working in the homes and just, you know, and and I would do those morning and like PM routines. I'd go, I'd have dinner with the families. Um, You know, I'd be there for the bedtime and then also would come like in the morning routines as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's really when you see, I mean, those are a lot... The transition times are a lot of when you see the struggles.
3: Mm. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things that isn't spoken about enough is that in terms of these divorce rates, I really feel that parenting often destroys relationships because mm-hmm. they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Their partner may have a completely different style. Uh, it puts them under enormous stress. Um...
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, parenting is really, I, I remember reading statistics where uh, uh, after the first child, within the first year or two, 40% of couples re- report they're unhappy in their relationship. And more women are filing today for divorce than men. So, um, if you can work together as parents, your relationship's going to be much healthier. But trying to work on your relationship and without working on your parenting, uh, it's just not going to happen. Right. And I think that a lot of people go their separate ways over parenting issues.
2: Yeah, because it, it just ends up being something that they kind of like can't sweep under the rug, right? And then everything else sort of like falls to the wayside. And then they're, they're, they are they're get to this point where like, okay, well, where do we go?
3: That's right. And usually you have, you know, usually the, one of the most dominant patterns I see is this one parent that is sort of the taskmaster who does all the unattractive parenting, things like homework and room cleaning and everything. And then the other parent is sort of the fun parent. They, they're they the ones that uh, hang out with the kid and do things. It's really, it's so unfair and so unbalanced. And you can think as a child internalizes those two models, depending on the gender of the parent, that's how they begin to associate those genders. Uh, so absolutely, those those early patterns endure.
2: Yes. Now, what are your, what are your thoughts on, um, in the early, I mean, I know we touched upon it already, kind of, but in terms of in the younger years and children, um, because I have a lot of families that reach out to me that have sort of exhausted the, the talk therapy in an office, and it, and it mm-hmm. didn't work as far as like getting that support in the home or like in the, um, you know, in the environments where you're going to see the real deal. Do you think like in the early years, like the like and I'm talking like toddler like even four to like six years old, do you feel that that sitting in an office can be helpful in terms of like getting the support that they need if they're you know displaying behaviors or anxiety?
3: Well more and more uh, i' I'm, I'm seeing parents without their children
2: right in, okay. uh, in
3: the early stages yeah because i if I can get them to be Behave differently, or to interact more therapeutically. Right. I found that to be much more effective than what I call dry cleaning therapy, where a parent drops off the kid here, straighten them out. I'll come back <laughs> in an hour. Yep. Um, you know, it, you don't see a lot of gains, and the rewards in our work for me is always seeing people grow and uh, and experience the benefits of self knowledge and 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 the work of therapy. So uh, recently more and more I'm getting couples coming in and they're talking about their kids, are these sort of monster children or, but I have to, I said to a couple the other day, can you commit to non reactivity? Mm. So if your kid is having a meltdown, can you commit that you're not going to go to their level and start yelling and screaming? Cause when you do, you reinforce you're just having a bigger temper tantrum because you're yes. a bigger person.
2: <laughs> exactly. When I, said,
3: <laughs> when I said that to them, they they looked so stunned and almost offended that I was suggesting that they were encouraging that behavior. So it's a, it's a beginning of a dialogue. And also mm-hmm. when the parents come in, I noticed how they relate to each other. A few years ago, I had a couple come in, and I just sensed there was so much tension in their marriage within – Three minutes, I had a headache. I had a literal headache just sitting with him. So I was wondering how this must affect the child. So um, I said, uh, I get the sense there's an imbalance here, that one of you is working harder than the other. And, and the explosion in the room, and the father, said, the mother accused him of doing that. And he stormed out of my office and slammed the door, <laughs> you know. He came back a while later uh, and calmed down, but I was trying to get right at the core of the issue, which their marriage has become so toxic, it's impossible for me to help their children without helping them first. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. I agree.
3: So it's helpful in the office. Yeah, sure. I've done play therapy for over 10 years. I was in schools setting up prevention programs and play therapy is great in terms of helping kids develop a voice and a sense of self. But if you're sending a soldier back to the front line, how, how successful are you going to be with his PTSD if he keeps going back? And the family is the front line. So no matter how much the child loves talking to me in therapy or we have so much fun, if I'm sending him back to a household that's all, all, this, all this tension and toxicity, it's going to be very hard to see a lot of gains or gains that, that are sustainable.
2: Yep. Agreed. And I think, um, you know, it it takes a lot. I mean, I'm working with one family right now where, um, you know, mom is a little bit more conscious and more present in the moment. And and dad is more stuck in like his way of, you know, how he was raised in terms of just being more like, you know, the militant and sort of like, you know, taking things away or like threatening, like, well, if you don't behave, you know, we just bought you Legos, I'm going to bring them back. Um, and it's just, you know, luckily they both, you know, want to be, want to work together and he wants to be able to put in the work. But the reality of it is too, is like, it takes time, you know, and it takes patience and it's, and it's not something that happens overnight. But I think a lot of parents, um, it, it gets very difficult to even have that conversation in the first place because I, 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 it's now a requirement in terms of like reaching out to me and getting support. If you haven't had a conversation with your husband, don't waste my time because you guys need to be on the same page in terms of wanting to get that support.
3: <laughs> there you go. You're parenting with a punch again, Amanda, <laughs> again, right, right to the point. You know, I had a, 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 this thing about divorce. I wrote an article for psychology today about why bad marriages are worse for kids than divorce. Mm. And the idea came from this, 12-year-old who didn't, of course, what 12-year-old wants to be in therapy, Right. Um, didn't want to be in therapy. They're all hostages. Uh, so um, she said to me, uh, after we chatted for a little bit, she said, I'll agree to be in therapy with you under if you, just one condition. And I thought, oh, okay, what is it? And she said, you promise me you'll do everything you can to get my parents to get divorced, mm. and I, I, I had never heard it. I said, "You want me to encourage your parents to get divorced?" Yes, absolutely. Well, when I sat down with her parents, and this was a very, very unhealthy marriage, mm-hmm. I one of the worst I've ever seen. I began to think, "Oh my gosh, she's right." <laughs> I, there was so much that I couldn't repair. And ultimately I always worked to keep couples together, but in this case they wound up separating and this young girl got better so much, so much quicker. Her anxiety levels came down. She could sleep at night. Uh, her confidence rose a bit suddenly by not being an environment full of tension, she began to emerge, uh, in a way that was absolutely impossible So, you know, what you're doing going into the home, uh, working on these things, kids who grow up with parents in at battle really fear intimacy as they as they get older because intimacy is associated with vulnerability and vulnerability only leads to hurt. Mm -hmm. So if we look at these patterns that are being uh programmed in and the you know the mood disorders and uh, self-esteem issues, panic attacks and anxiety. I really want to take a hard look at the family and addressing those issues in my office. Or if I could get into the homes, like you're doing, that would be, boy, that would be some fun right there.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I am trying to, it's, it's not going to be something that I can do forever, but, um, traveling, I have gone to San Francisco once to work with, um, a family for, a week where I did some sessions, but, um, you know, even just doing those, those sort of like week long intensives or weekend intensives for families that that struggle and need support, because yeah, yeah. Like you said, there's not many, especially in the early years that, that go into the home.
3: Yeah. And if parents, I I find them, if parents are truly committed to their children Mm -hmm. and want to do the right thing for their kids, you can get a lot of good work done. Yep. But if they're, if they're caught up in their own egos and they want to win or be right or, or have control, you know, it's going to be a longer battle. But, but thank goodness when parents really come to the senses and realize how much they're, they're hurting their children, they, they begin to behave a much better.
2: Hmm. And I, it, I, that is my goal is to is to you know bring more light and and more consciousness into our parenting. You know, I think a lot of people don't comprehend how much work it work it is to be a parent. And you're going to make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. But if you are aware and you you know and you can be as proactive as you can, and you go into parenting you know, especially with your first child, knowing what to expect and sort of, you know, making sure that you and your partner are on the same page, then it's going to make life so much easier. And the way I look at it, it is quality of life, right? So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's really about how you choose to, to live your life. Do you want to live your life with more common and ease and, and happiness and getting along? Or do you, <laughs> you know, or, or, would you, or would you rather, you know, struggle and be upset and, and want to cry, you know, on a daily basis and just constantly feel stressed out?
3: Yeah, and I, I think that's where parents really need tools more than anything. I mean, we can, we can be empathic and we can understand them, right. uh, and support them. But many parents today just, they don't have tools. They, they, they were not raised in a way where they learned to be effective parents. They're, they're sort of scrambling. And if their parents were dictatorial or punishing, uh, and they really suffered under their, their parents, they, they tend to become, Pushover parents with their kids because they don't want to recreate that situation. They end up becoming their child's friend, and then just as they were bullied by their parent, mm-hmm. they suddenly get in the same situation with their own child, where the child is bullying them. Right. Uh, but uh, in my book, I really focus on a lot of self-care and self-work before we even discuss your child. You know, if you're not sleeping well, if you're not exercising, if you don't have a social life, if you're isolated. You are not going to be an effective parent, and no child wants to look at wants an unhappy parent it, it, at any age. Adults Great. come in, and I say, "What <laughs> if your mother called you and said she was having the best year of her life, and she never called?" And he, what is the word they always say? Relieved. I would yeah. feel so relieved. <laughs> so that so an unhappy parent is a burden for a child at any age.
2: Mm-hmm. This is true. Now, in your books on uh, Amazon, correct?
3: it's, uh, it's, it's all over Probably the place. Everywhere. Amazon,
2: yeah. Barnes and Noble, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. 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 Well, I am in the process of writing my, my first book. Um, and it's pretty much going to be, it's like, it's like a tool book type handbook type thing, um, catered more towards, um, you know, the early years and, and, and really like the four pillars of parenting with a punch. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm excited to to bring that to the world and anyone that is listening, make sure you go and get Sean's book as well. Tell us the names of them again.
3: Uh, The book is when kids call the shots, how to seize control from your darling bully and enjoy parenting again.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I, we could probably talk for hours.
3: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's great to know you're out there. Um, you know, doing this kind of work, we really need more and more of
2: this. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I hope to, uh, to collaborate in the near future and, and, and possibly, you know, come to New York and, and maybe be involved in some workshops and such that, w- that would be amazing.
3: Yeah, that'd be fun.
2: <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show again. It was such a pleasure to have you on and, uh, we will definitely stay in touch and talk soon
3: okay Amanda take care keep parenting with a punch
2: <laughs> <laughs> thanks Sean have a great day
3: okay bye bye
2: Bye, bye. thank you for tuning in to the show parenting with a punch please give us a rating and or review that's how we reach more families all over the world have a great day y'all parentingwithapunch.com don't forget I'm offering a special this month and only this month get in on it oh.
1: Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch No, this is parenting with a punch Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch No, this is parenting with a punch Classes in session, please be seated Behaviors that get attention get repeated Avoid the power struggle cause it will get you heated Listen to Amanda cause she knows how to teach it Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch No this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah, yeah, oh. Yeah.